We are on a journey. Yes, yes, yes. And it's going to be fun. Uh, a family on a journey. That's what we are. We are we're not just a, a corporate church, an institution shifting to another place and, and functioning like uh, a business, so to speak. Um, the church has got to be a family. And I don't, <clears throat> it depends which church you come from. We've seen it lived out in different ways. We've seen house churches where you have Five, ten people meeting every week as a small group on a midweek night. That's church to them. Three people playing golf. That's church. You know, uh, three people, four people playing pool together. That's, that's church. It's connecting. It's ways we meet. Going down to the pub and enjoying wings and stuff and enjoying a game. That, that, that's church. That's ecclesia. That's the gathering of the saints because you and I are the church. You and I are not the buildings. Uh-oh, my battery's going to be dead. Give me one second. Uh, always wonderful, wonderful morning. Oh, yes, it's all good. Yes, yes, good attitude. <laughs> good attitude. Sarah, do I, do I have access? Oh, that's why. So let's just babble for a minute. No, I'm kidding. Um, this next slide that we're going to see once we get there uh, is a picture of where the church really is. It's not at a building. It's not a church building. It's not the cathedral. It's not at a, uh, a stained glass building window. It's not at a mom, um, monumental uh, community center type building because churches come in all sizes and different shapes and different kinds of people going to each one. There's about 44,000 different denominations out there. I think Paul Young was doing some math and he kind of had fun the other day. I don't know if you guys heard that. But he said, uh, for the New Testament, for all the New Testament words, there's a new denomination for every four words. It's not working? None of it is? Really? The camera's working and we're fine. Um, is the, the, did you click the thingy? I already had that clicked. Oh, well, fine, whatever. So what? Put it, post it later. Um, but Paul was saying for every four words in the New Testament, there's a new denomination. So imagine... All the little cliques that focus on a verse and say, this is why we're leaving them because this we see this verse this differently, blah, 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 blah. And all the stupid fighting. And really, it's sad. It's not what Christ wanted for the church, for the bride. And so um, this is kind of, I like to learn how to live church not stuck to a building. And this move for us will help us not to be shackled to a high financial structure like this because this is, it was expensive being here and we i think some and some people have expressed this in the last last half year as we talk about the struggle of move and the new vision that that we're going to be inviting you to participate in because once we move the leadership team has a survey for you guys to to respond to we want to hear from you what is a value what, what do we see as exciting? In fact, one of, the, one of the greatest excitements that I'm hearing from Hope Fellowship is the chance to become a community church again. A community church. Right now we're a community of people meeting in a mall which has no residential connections here. Nothing. And that was fun. Because it's fun to say, we're the church in the mall, and it was great. But for some reason, we've kind of lost uh, a way to reach out um, authentically, and connect with the community at large. And we're going to be in a different community. And for those who don't live in Elmira, you participate too. 
whether it's participating in what we're doing there or learn to do the same thing where you live and, and love people where you are. But let's do it together as a, a family uh, that is learning and growing. So I want to introduce um, you to what we call Hope Fellowship, your community church. And years ago when they made a vote for trying to figure out what to name this church, um, second place vote was uh, going to be called Norm's Place. So, because Norm Black was my house, my place. So it was just fine. That's where they were meeting. So good thing the vote went the other way. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how we got this name. They didn't want it to be just community church. They want it to be your community church because we together make up your community church. It's not uh, an institution you must buy into. It's something we get to become a part of. If you've noticed, we, we don't push membership here. It's not something to be pushed. It just isn't. And so uh, are, you're welcome to become members, but you're not seeing a heavy push because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, many other churches, they push for membership because then they lock you onto a signed document making you feel like you must now contribute a certain amount of money and you must be involved, you must attend, and all these must, must, musts, and now you're obligated and feel guilty, and we're Canadian because we just buy into it. <laughs> it's kind of how it works. We're nice. Well, some people have given up being nice and, then, and calling it out, and they just stop going because it should never be like that. It was never intended. Membership is not a biblical thing. Shock! It's not. It's not in the Bible. Never was. Let me tell you about legal membership, just so you know. In Canada, for us to be a charity, Hope Fellowship is a registered charity, we must have a governing board, which is our leadership team, and we must have voting members if you want to enjoy your tax receipt. If you don't care about that, then we don't have to have all that. But because we are a registered charity, we must have those things in place. And I think what uh, Rod has done really well, and those that structured Hope Fellowship from the beginning, kept the legal stuff to a minimum. Less is more. Quit adding all these extra things. In fact, I think it was Rod's attitude that I'm going to keep reminding you of. That these bylaws and documents, because you need bylaws for when a community of people come together more than five or ten, you've got to have some ground rules, so to speak, just for how you connect. And so nobody takes over and hijacks and it stops fighting. It really does. And so what they said was, these bylaws are here to serve us. I've been in churches where they had hour-long, two-hour-long arguments over uh, a bylaw saying, well, the law in our bylaw says this, therefore we must. And the other side says, this is, but it's so old, we don't need to do that anymore. Nope, it's what it says, we must. And so here at Hope Fellowship, we recognize that, huh, some of the bylaws, oh, this one stopped serving us. Let's, let's get rid of it or change it because the bylaws must serve the body. Very different perspective. And I think one that's really healthy. Um, it takes away the fear of being governed by leaders to tell you what to do. Well, here's the funny thing I've learned about my role as pastor. If I want to find some biblical perspectives on what my role is, my job is to teach and equip you to do the work. That's it. But we hired you to do the work. No. <laughs> I have my gifts and I, I'm working too, but this is about us becoming a community. 
And so expectations have got to change, and I think that's really good. So the goal of what I'm going to share today, and I don't think I'm going to get through it, um, first, that everyone will come to have a better understanding of who we are here at Hope Fellowship. Not everybody knows. Some are new. Some have been here a long time. And if you've been here a long time, there's a really good chance you've forgotten some really important foundations. And we need to be reminded of some of these. It's like going through the scriptures and being reminded of who we are in Christ. We need that constant reminder. This may sound boring, but please, this, this, is, this is about the glue that holds us together. It's held lately. We're not, we're not, it's not super glue. Ha! You're stuck with us now. Ha ha ha. No, this is, you know, we're welcoming each other in a way that says, hey, we're learning to be loved and we're learning to love others. And we're not going to get it right all the time, which means we're going to have to forgive each other once in a while or a lot, you know, depending on, on how we wrestle through our different stages of growth. I want to get a better sense of why we meet and why we're not like other typical churches. Our primary, and you'll see it in a few minutes, but one of our primary goals here is going to be that, that image on the wall to see each person grow up into Christ, to see the seed, the sapling, and the tree, the three stages of growth. We'll, we'll cover that in a little bit. And to have everyone know who they are in Christ. That, to me, is the greatest foundation. Each person knowing who they are in Christ no matter their background, style, their whatever little category you want to put people into, which separates, by the way. Every time you put people in categories, you just divided. You've made something exclusive. Humanity, us, learn to love each other and see each other as Christ sees us. Yeah, but, well, I got one thing for the but, and these are steel toes, okay? The but... I, you know, I, I saw this meme, Jesus saying, do I stutter? I said, love everyone. But what about, so do you, do you know what I mean? I hope you do. If you don't, oh well. Um, what's the passion behind what we believe and do? And you'll see through some of the, some of the text and verses that we're going to share why we function the way we do, why we have um, people connected here that, that just reach out to one another. There are certain people here that have a gift for connecting and saying hello. Carol Brooks, she was one of and is, she just physically can't do it now, but she was the greeter, the one who went and said hello and got your name and remembered it. Carol, what's her name again? That's, that was me because I keep forgetting. And, and she called people when they were sick. She visited people in the hospital she was doing pastoral work. Oh, wait, we're all ministers. That was her gift. And that is being missed. And there are other people sneakily doing it, which is really nice. Nobody's blasting their own trumpet saying, but I do it too. Uh, I, I know there are those who do it. But Carol was one of the ones who had a heart for others and didn't ask permission, just went and loved. That's really cool. Give her a big hug next time you see her, but do it gently because she's having a hard time. Who are we? This is a statement <coughs> we came up, <coughs> sorry, came up with about two years ago, and uh, I think it still holds really well. We are a relaxed, authentic, and diverse family of believers learning to walk in the grace of God. We seek to make everyone feel welcome and accept, love, and care for each other. Now, it was pointed out to me that uh, why isn't this in your annual report? Good point. Next year. Just so you know, it, it, it should be there because we assume much. 
And uh, this year, I rushed through stuff like, okay. But then I looked back and realized it hasn't been in the annual report for a long time. So this needs to be up front a whole lot more than it is. But this is a great uh, uh, kind of a vision of who we are. Our hope is to be a place to discover how much God really loves and accepts you. Because I think many, many people in our community do not know God loves them or accepts them. Or if they believe God loves them, there's no way God accepts them the way they are with how they've wired themselves and, or the places they go and the things they do, the things they wear. They think God cannot accept that. Well, here we have to learn that each person has to have a safe place to discover they're accepted and loved. And that means we need to learn to accept even more. And you'll find out when a certain individual walks in, you go, oh, what? What? No, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, you're you're going to suddenly run into the person you, you didn't think you had a prejudice against and go, oh, even them? And, and God's going to say, yes, of course I love them and accept them. You're the one having the hard time. Ah. And so, new learning curve. And this needs to be a safe place to practice it. All right, next is a little bit about us. Currently, we meet in a shopping mall, but that'll change. Um, we are where life is. Uh, there, are no div- there, there are no divide between the spiritual and everyday. We're not separated from the world. Everything we do is spiritual. I know I grew up believing there's secular and, and Christian. I had secular music and I had Christian music and I have folders on my computer splitting them up. How stupid. It's all spiritual. We've created the divide of secular and spiritual. The whole world is spiritual. You and I are spiritual. There isn't part Christian and part of our activities non-Christian. I know how many times I burned and threw out all my non-Christian CDs and records back when we had records because the church told us to. I lost so much money because I kept buying them back and then another guilt sermon, you know, threw back in there. Got to have something to burn so I look like I'm spiritual, you know. Oh, my goodness. And then I finally said, the heck with that. And I went and got half it back and all the stuff I love. And now I love my music. So, again, this is about not separating those things. And we need to learn to do that. That uh, who we are here, we, are, we got to be the same people outside. Who I am here on the front, I want to be the same person when I'm having coffee talking to you. Or when I'm at the coffee shop uh, ordering a drink. I want to be the same person. I don't want to have these as of non the minister, you know, and have a choky collar on. Take me seriously, you know. Not none of that. To me, that's so fake. And we can't do that. That's why the world is sick of church. Because they see the hypocrisy of acting one way here and, and another way there. And what? You know, it's, we always had jokes about the Catholics that uh, uh, when they pulled out of the parking lot after they got forgiven, they went out and they gave each other the finger as they were leaving, you know, and cause, but they had to get that confessed and cleaned up the next week. You know, they stayed mad, but anyway. Anyway, you know what I mean. Casual dress, wear what you want. Uh, we're not trying to appear better than we are. We're accepting of where we are and others are right now. Um, this is important, you know, dress code. Um, do we have a dress code? No. There. That's pretty good. <laughs> Amazing coffee! Oh my goodness! You know that already. Um, we're, yeah. 
We can speak the language of those around us. We value hospitality. Perks, perks can be enjoyed free. Get it? Perks, coffee. Okay. There are monetary needs, but you give when you're ready. No urgency. You come when you're ready. We don't even start on time. <laughs> We're the five after church. That's how it works. Whatever. Um, and again, this one part about monetary needs, we, we take up offering. We ask you to give. And by the way, when we become a member, we're asking you to commit to give financially. Say yes, say yes. You know what? This is my family. I will give financially because there are needs. There's electricity. There are salaries. There's offices to run. There's coffee to buy. You know, things like that. There's, there's tables and chairs, all that stuff. So when people balk, yeah, but you ask for money. Either you've been really burned by some other, somebody else who's guilt-tripped you. This is not the place. Leave that at the door. We're not like that. I don't ever want to be like that. We invite people to give financially, but not because we're going to tell you God's going to bless you more or less if you don't. Not a chance. You are already blessed. We now give in response. It, honestly, it's so much better to give under a new covenant because the old one, that was a pretty high percentage if you did the math. Anywhere from 31 to 38% of your income if you want to go old covenant. Let's go back to the good old days. You thought it was 10%. Ha! <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is about the freedom to not club people. You know, even when guests come, we invite you to give, but you don't have to. Like, enjoy just being here. That's not why you're here. You're here to hopefully be encouraged and find some hope. That's why we're here. We're good humored. Humor is, humor is encouraged, even when we discuss serious things. I just got in trouble for showing that Clayton Martin video. <clears throat> Oops. Yeah, did sort of find it funny. Never mind, don't answer that, because then that, yeah. Anyway, humor is encouraged, even when we discuss serious things. We are lighthearted and encouraging to each other. We are not formal. We are not rigid. We don't hold on tightly to ritual. We call out the regulars that show up late. <laughs> just kidding. It's a joke. But we don't hold on to ritual tightly. But here, let me remind you of something. We're going to be moving into a place that does have more ritual. Just like we don't hold on to ritual uh, too tightly, let's not impose that on those that have some ritual. Give them freedom to have their ritual. We have some learning to do on that front. And I hope that when we move over there um, in the next year, we'll take time to discover why they do certain things. Why do they have this outfit? Because he's got that collar and, and the robe. Kind of cool robes, because you wear jeans and t-shirt underneath, and nobody knows. It's fun. Um, but then you have uh, the candles, you have the rituals, how they do communion, they use real wine, um, things like that. Like, why? If we can learn the why, we can understand and accept it better and not judge it negatively. Because I grew up Baptist, German Baptist, and most evangelical churches make fun of, and it doesn't matter if you're Baptist, missionary, Pentecostal, or white, we make fun of the liturgical churches we have and mock their rituals, saying it's all worship of idols. And then we got our own idols. Good grief. Like, it's two factions spitting at each other with the same ammunition. And that, that's, there's no room for that. So I hope that when we go to this new place, that we'll take time to find value in the art, even the stained glass windows. I, I was in awe just sitting there. Like, we could almost have a whole sermon with no words and just look. Like, there, there's that much art all around. And they've refurbished all of the windows. They're brand new, refurbished, cleaned, and fixed, and protected. So, 
There's a reason for that art, and we're not used to it. But I think we have some things to learn. It's just adding another category of learning. We don't have to replace. We just learn what they have. And for us, we get to continue ours and find value in some of those things that we never realized, hmm, that actually sounds valuable. We may want to try and practice that. It's, for, it's only for our own growth. And I think that could be a lot of fun. But our life challenges, we want real, defined growth. Life is journey, and we're helping each other right along. We're not a church that's trying to grow. We don't have an evangelism program. We don't have charts of seeing how many times you've arrived here and keeping detailed attendance. If we do keep an attendance, I don't get to see it, and I don't care. But it's just to see kind of where our numbers are at, just kind of project. But this, it's not about hyper details. We're not trying to become bigger because, honestly, I think this is God's baby. This is his church, not ours. If he wants to grow it, he grows it. If he wants it to finish up, he'll finish it up. We might be kicking and screaming along the way, but it'll get closed up his way or it'll grow his way. And I think he's not done here. I think there's much more of a future ahead for Hope Fellowship to become something that we aren't yet. We're going to be put into a place that we're not used to. And we're going to be stretched to see and accept others in places that we wouldn't have had the opportunity. And now we get to have that opportunity. Looking back at the past, Hope Fellowship began um, a long, long time ago in a small group that, was it Grace Presbyterian Church that closed? Yes. And uh, when they closed that church, a group, Ellen and, and uh, Dan were there, I believe, right? It was, sure. But it did close, did it not? Eventually. Right. So this group formed a small group and just felt God saying, ah, we're not done. And out of that, Hope Fellowship became. became. And for a couple of years, they didn't have a pastor and they wanted to save up money so that they could properly pay somebody, which is a really nice idea. <laughs> and so then they hired somebody on, Phil Thompson. I'm only the second pastor. That, that's it. <laughs> and it's been around 26 years-ish. Yeah, 26, something like that. Um, I think this is my 16th year. I think this is something like that, but it's been a while, and I'm still liking it. Weird, you know? Well, honestly, most pastors leave in three to four to seven years. The seven-year itch, it's real. Many people, or even at 10, goodbye, and they move on. So rarely do people stay longer than that. And so this is... This is unique. Um, we've been growing ever since. In fact, when I first came to Hope Fellowship, we had like 22 people there the first Sunday, and my family, whole family of five was there. <laughs> and we brought guests, four. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just kind of funny. And we're in a classroom, and uh, I said, God, this is your baby. And it just grew by word of mouth. That is how Hope Fellowship has grown, word of mouth. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, we've been focused on identity and grace ever since, and I personally have grown in my journey as well, from moving from a legalistic perspective that I didn't think was as legalistic, but now I look back and go, wow, uh, it's, it's just called growth, you know? And even how I learned identity before, I'm finding better ways to see and explain identity in Christ and the goodness of God. I'm seeing more beautiful pictures in Scripture 
of God's love for all of us and how profound it is. Uh, less focus on the negativity and definitely far more focus on, on the good news. It's supposed to be good news. And so that, I think that's been pretty cool. And we're leaving a carbon grace footprint uh, in town. Our vision is this, healed and whole people who are free to be themselves in Christ. I want us to be healed and whole. Healed, another word for that is sozo. What does sozo mean? Anybody know? What's another word for sozo? All you Greek scholars. <laughs> Salvation. Saved. Same word. There's more to that word than we realize. But to be healed, and I, I personally am still healing. I have many hurts from the past that are being healed still. I've not arrived. And I'm, I'm being saved, being healed. I am saved, I am healed, but I'm being saved, being healed. Oh, and I will be healed and I will be saved. So which one do you want to fight about? Okay. It's all there. And I think this is important. And I want to be whole. I want to have a holistic understanding of how God wants us to love one another and see our community. How can we as a church bring hope to a community? That's why we did the Paul Young event. The Paul Young event was our first attempt at becoming hope givers to this community. That's why it happened. Looking at a place where people have the greatest need in my mind, loss and grief, not just death loss, but also relationship loss, family losses, estrangement losses, losses of jobs, retirement, you name it, moving, everything that's caused, all these griefs that happen in our lives. How can we find hope in it? And I want to address that because that's a real community need. Hopefully next year we can start to take a look at financial needs, helping people learn to deal with their personal finances, bring in some professional people to do some workshops and seminars so we all can learn together. And if we have friends that can learn and benefit, great. Let's, let's re-teach from a healthy perspective, a, a hope-filled lens on financial stability. Uh, then we have marriages. Uh, all you that are married, we all can use encouragement. So maybe there's a way you can find some marriage professionals to come in and kind of work through some, oh, that's a, I see what you're doing. Yeah, lay down. Oh, that's very bad. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. There's, we're not going to do that. It's not counseling. But it's more of a giving hope that, hey, we can work through some rough spots. Um, and that this is normal. Just like you go to a doctor once a year, you're supposed to. You know, you go to a dentist on a regular basis, you're supposed to. Well, what is wrong with going to a mental health person, counselor, uh, social worker, uh, person like that on a regular basis to just check, how is my head? You know, still empty. No, I'm kidding. Um, but from, that's what they say to me. But to go and get a checkup on how we're doing emotionally. Maybe you've had a really rough year and all that stuff's stuffed down. Well, let's get a mental health professional in to begin teaching about the importance of mental health and finding ways to get help and see what level you're at. If you need professional help, then let's get you some professional help too. Not everybody needs professional help. Not everybody. But many do, more than they realize. So again, this is about reaching out, being free, helping people become whole. This is how I think we can bring hope to the community. And there's a lot of other lists of items that I think our community is begging for, for help. And uh, how can we as a church become hope givers uh, in that? 
Our mission is to help people understand, believe, and experience the love of God. That, to me, is the key. And that's what that uh, picture is for, but growing in our understanding of God's love for us. I'm going to stop there because it's 1130 already. And uh, uh, what's next? Forget it. Yeah, we'll come back to that one next. That's like only four slides out of 20. Just kidding. But there's good stuff. So next week we're going to continue on who we are as a church. And I think it's important for us to be reminded of this. Um, but it's been fun this morning to share with you this stuff and then how I'm seeing it from my lens. Because I don't get to talk to everybody individually about this. And I've had too many conversations and I thought, I need to share some of what I'm thinking and envisioning for this church family. What we've done right what we've not gotten right in the past, do course corrections and, and find better ways uh, to connect with each other and with our community. All right, that's it. Uh, can I get the ushers to come on up? We're going to take up our...